There you go. So, just to recap a little bit of that video, what it was, is the guy that kind of saw for the most part, his name is Jit. And he is a South African native. He was born in South Africa. That's where he lives. And when he was 17, he was a high schooler. So just a few, even a few years older than you guys. He actually came to camp here. And as he was here, he said that he felt this conviction. And saying, you know, I know the good news of Christ. But I know there's a lot of people back home. In my home country, in my hometown. That don't know about God. That don't know about Jesus. And I do. And so him and his friends that came to camp, they felt this responsibility. He said, this is our duty to tell them. He saw something he said. He said, you know, we, we were a small group, and we didn't have a lot of resources. We didn't have a lot of money. He said, we have a pickup truck and a lot of passion. And um, I think what's cool about that is they, they didn't make an excuse. They didn't go back home and say, well, we're not old enough. We're just 17. Or, you know, we don't have any money. So we, we really can't do, we can't do any of this. But they had faith in Christ and they said, this is what God has called us to. And so we have to do it. It is our duty as Christians to share the good news. And where they find that duty, where they found that even conviction is in um, a chapter in the Bible. Something that you guys maybe have even heard of yourself. If you've grown up in the church or you've been around a little bit. It's something we call the Great Commission. Uh, and it's found in Matthew 28. If you guys have your Bibles, you guys can turn there. If not. No worries, I'll read it. It's in 28, and we find it in verse 18. Now this is after Jesus has already died, and he's resurrected from the dead. And he appears to his disciples, and these are his last words to the disciples, the guys that have been following him around for, for his entire life, for his entire ministry on earth, and they believe in him, and they know that he is God. And it says this, the last thing Jesus says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Sharing the gospel becomes a lot easier when you read that and you recognize again what it's saying. The guy that is God, that just was killed and then rose again, says, all authority in heaven and all authority on earth has been given to me. And that guy is now looking at his disciples and the same words are true for us. And he says, because all authority has been given to me, you guys, it's now your turn. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and teach everyone of the word of God, exactly how, how I have done it. And then he doesn't even leave it there. He says, behold, I am with you, even to the end of the earth. Guys, if you understand that, that the, that the Jesus, who again died and rose again, Jesus, who is from God the Father, the God that spoke the world into existence, that said, let there be light, and there was, says, that authority has been given to me, now I'm giving it to you, and I will be with you. And so it doesn't matter to Jit and his friends when they, when they go back home and say, we're only 17, and we don't have any money. We have one pickup truck. They go, no. The power of the one true God is behind us, and is within us, and has been given to us. And so now we have this responsibility, we have this duty to go back home. He says, in my very own backyard. 
I think there, there's times as believers that we go, well, yes, there's, there's missionaries out in the world. That's their job to go and share the good news. And absolutely, we have missionaries. And missionaries, they do. They go into foreign countries and they go into the hard reach places of the world to share the good news. Because each and every one of us in this room, myself included, have people in our very own lives that don't know God, that we can say, that's in my own backyard. And I have, I have cousins and brothers and sisters and, and friends and former co-workers that I have a relationship with that don't know God. And at times I go, man, that's someone else's job to share the good news. No, that's not someone else's job. That's, that's our job. That's my job. And I know you guys are in the same boat. Back home, you have people, whether that's in, in your own household, your parents, again, your siblings, maybe it's at your school, in your classroom, on your sports team, but every single one of us has people that don't know God. And it's not someone else's job. It's ours to share the good news. If you are in Christ, you have the good news of Christ. And many of you are probably, again, here thinking, well, Harrison, I don't know how to share the good news of God. I don't know how to do that. Let me share another story with you guys. Something you actually saw yesterday. It's John, and found in John chapter 4. I'm going to turn there real quick. In John chapter 4, again, you saw it yesterday morning, and um, it was in one of the witnesses. And you saw Mittens the cat come up to the witness stand. And Mittens the cat uh, is the Samaritan woman at the well. And the Pharisees are asking, the Pharisees yesterday asked her about, about her encounter with Jesus, but what happens is this. I'm just going to read the story for you for us real quick this morning. So bear with me, it's a little long. I'll summarize, I'll summarize a little bit. What happened is, is Jesus approaches this well in Samaria, which Jesus had no business being there in the eyes of the Pharisees because uh, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. They were enemies. They didn't like each other, and so they did not associate with one another. Very much how a dog wouldn't associate itself with a cat. But Jesus approaches this, this woman and ask her for a drink of water, and they have this whole conversation, and eventually Jesus says, man, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for water. And the water I would give you is living water, and you'll never have to drink again. And she goes, man, who are you? Who is this person? She, then she even acknowledges a Savior. She acknowledges God, the Messiah. And we pick up to a point where Jesus actually says to her, is the man, I who speak to you am he. That Jesus to the Samaritan woman, again, someone that he had no business in the eyes of the world talking to, but says, but he knew this woman needs to know who I am, needs to know the good news. And so he talks to her and he says, I am that Messiah. And later on, this is the best part about it. The disciples come back. And they talk about some food, and Jesus, t- and Jesus tells them, basically, there's many people out there. There's a, a large harvest of people that are ready to hear the gospel. And it's our duty to go out there. Guys, he says, look at this. He says, for here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. 
meaning that one person plants the seed and the other person then finishes the job. Tells them the good news is what he's talking about. He says, I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labored. And what he's telling you, he says, man, I'm sending you guys because there's people that have already heard some of the good news. There's people that are already ready to hear the good news. Their hearts are prepared. You'll hear a phrase that sometimes people say that a seed has already been planted. They already know the good news and they need someone just continue to share, to bring them all the way, to share the good news of who God is. And he's telling the disciples, you didn't even work for this. I've prepared these hearts already and I want you to go out there and finish the job so that they can, they can come to know Christ. And the same goes true for us. Because there's going to be times where you share the good news with people and they're not going to respond to it. They're not going to accept Christ necessarily in that moment and that's okay. Our job isn't to necessarily make others believe. Our job is to be faithful and obedient and share that good news with others. But then get this, I love this part of the story. The Samaritan woman goes back to her hometown, Samaria. And it says this in verse 39. It says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She says, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. I want to point this out. Verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. If you remember in the story, the people of Samaria, the other Samaritans, didn't even like this lady. She was an outcast in her society. They thought of her as less than. And she thought of herself as less than. She knew she was an outcast. She said, I'm not good enough. I have to hide away. I have to get my water at noon so no one else sees me. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to avoid people because I am not worthy to be around people. Yet Jesus saw this woman and said, she is worthy of the good news because she is a person. Everyone's worthy of hearing the good news. And get this, this lady is the last person in the eyes of even the Pharisees that would be qualified to share the good news of Jesus Christ because, again, they thought this, per this lady was less than. On top of all of her sins, she was a Samaritan woman. And Jesus chose her and said, you need to hear the good news. And then Jesus uses her as a tool, and she then shares the good news with others. And it says that many believe because of her testimony. Guys, if you are in Christ, if you are a believer in Jesus and you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you have the same power as that woman does. You have a testimony. You have what is called, what is called, what we call your testimony is really just how the Lord has worked in your own life. And that, my friends, is truly a miracle and truly a powerful story. And so if you're sitting here and going, I don't know how to share the good news of Christ. I don't know how to share the gospel. I'll tell you this, all it is, is telling someone, hey, grabbing a friend, grabbing your brother, grabbing your mom, your dad, whoever it is, someone on your sports team saying, can I tell you how God has worked in my own life? That I recognized that I was a sinner, and I needed a savior, 
and telling them how the Lord has personally worked in your own life. That's what the, this, that's what the Samaritan woman did. It says they shared, she shared her testimony, meaning she shared with others, this is what Jesus told me. That's all she shared. She didn't have this elaborate story. She didn't have to dive into to deep theological um, I don't even know what I'm saying. Deep theological um, things of scripture. She just said, God worked in my life and I need to tell people about it. And friends, you are just as capable of doing the same thing. Scripture says in uh, 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set the examples to the believers, to all believers in faith and love and word and conduct. Guys, you guys, as students in junior high, are not too young to be used by God. In fact, Scripture calls you guys to be the example, to go home, be a part of your youth group, and be the example of what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. Go back into your house. Maybe your parents are believers and have been for a long time. Set the example for them of what it means to be a believer in Christ. Because God used one of the most unlikely people in his time, Jesus uses the, one of the most unlikely people in the side of the world, a Samaritan woman who was, a, who was a known as a sinner, to share the good news and use that woman so that many would come to know God. And he can use you too. What I love in this video that you guys even saw, one of the guys, uh, he even shared, he said, you know, I didn't think I could be used in this ministry, but, but God just used me. He said, but I, I recognize that I had some talents to give. What I love is that God has created each and every one of you guys individually so uniquely. That some of you, some of you might be really good at sports. Some of you guys might be really good at drawing. Or some of you might be really musically talented. And God has gifted you with those abilities. And you guys can use those abilities to then glorify his name and how you use those abilities, how you share his, his good news with the other people that have those talents around you guys. That again, not everyone has to be a great teacher. Not everyone has to be a great preacher or a great speaker. You just have to be faithful and obedient and say, God, I want to be used by you because I know how you've worked in my life and I want others to be able to experience that as well. Again, another verse we see in scripture that says that God uses what is weak in the eyes of the world to shame the strong. And God uses what is foolish in the eyes of the world to shame the wise. Because that verse is one of the, the greatest news aside from the gospel and scripture because in the eyes of the world, guess what? Junior hires, they think you're weak. And they think that you guys are foolish. But we know that scripture says God uses what is foolish in the eyes of the world to shame the wise. And he uses what is weak in the eyes of the world to shame the strong. Guys, if you are obedient and willing, God will and can use you guys to bring many back to him. And again, I said, like I said, maybe he doesn't. But again, what we saw in, in John 4, he says that sometimes you labor and others will reap the benefits of that. Others may, may later on come to know Christ. One last story I want to share with you guys kind of all along those lines. Is I have a friend, his name's Ben. Ben, Ben had a really hard life. Because Ben, for most of his adult life, spent it in prison. He was a drug addict, and he was, uh, he was a murderer. And he eventually, life caught up to him, and he was arrested. 
and he was supposed to spend the rest of his life in prison. He was supposed to serve three life sentences, and on top of it, another 25 years. He was supposed to spend 325 years in prison. And for the first three years in prison, there was a a security guard that every day would go to Ben's cell and say, hey Ben, can I tell you about Jesus? And most days he said no, and no, and no. And every day that same security guard would come up, hey Ben, can I tell you about Jesus? Nope, nope, nope. And finally one day, Ben was at the end of himself. He had no hope, there was nothing left. And the guy said, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? He said, yeah, tell me about this Jesus guy. I got nothing else. On that day, Ben accepted the Lord. And then, through the Lord's provision, somehow, Ben was miraculously released from prison. He was cleared of all his life sentences and is a free man. Ben got married. He moved to Nepal and is now a missionary in Nepal where he trains up pastors in Nepal who will then go into the other corners of Nepal to share the good news with the people of Nepal. That's all, yeah, we can clap for that. And I hope, I hope when you clap, you, you're clapping not just for, the, for an awesome story, but you clap because that's the Lord's provision in his hands. But, the more, but I want to tell you what's so cool about this story is that security guard. It's not about, this, this story in my mind isn't about Ben, but this one security guard, in his mind, he was just being faithful with the people that were around him. The audience that, that he worked around every single day were, were inmates in prison who, and all the people that were in the, his, his cell block were supposed to be guys that were there for the rest of their lives. This security guard wasn't looking for the fame or the glory. Doesn't he, I've never met this guy. I don't even know who he is. This guy just thought he was going to share the good news with this one man who would then eventually die in prison. He had no idea what the impact of his faithfulness was going to be. That because of that security guard sharing the good news with Ben, his faithfulness is now affecting people across the world in different countries in some of the most remote parts of the world because he was faithful and said, I need to be obedient. And this Ben, who in the eyes of the world is a low life, a nobody, deserves nothing but to be locked up forever. He needs to know about God too. He needs to know about the love of Christ and share with him. And now that guy is now sharing the good news with people in Nepal who most of us will never meet until one day we see them in glory. And that's so awesome because, guys, you and I will never know the impact that our, our faithfulness and our obedience to Christ will have on other people. You may never see it until we are in heaven and you meet people that were affected because of the faithfulness you had. But that's the good news is that it's not up to us what our impact is. It's up to God. It is up to Christ. All we have to do is be obedient and say, okay, Lord, how do you want to use me? Show me who... It is that you that needs to know the good the good news. So my encouragement to you guys is it doesn't matter how well you speak, it doesn't matter how talented you are or think you are or think you aren't. God can use anyone, and we see it time and time again in Scripture. God uses the most unlikely people to bring people back to Him. 
And so that is my challenge to you guys is think about that. And, and, even, and even think this morning, who is it in my own life that I know doesn't know God that needs to know God? And so what I want to do right now, I'm going to spend just kind of the next couple minutes. I know this might be kind of difficult, but we're going to spend some time in prayer. And I, so I want everyone, we'll just be quiet where we are and spend some individual time between you and God. I don't want you guys nudging the person next to you or, or making noises. And we're just going to spend some time in silence. And I'm, I'm going to give us a few things just to pray about as we're here. And I want you guys to just pray between you and God. And so the first thing is, as we sit here and silence our own hearts, I would ask that you guys would just pray and say, Lord, who is it in my life that I know that I have that needs to know God? And spend the next, couple, next minute or so just thinking about that and praying to God. All right, now take the next minute or so and just pray that the Lord would even do a work in your own heart and say, Lord, would you give me a greater desire to share your word? Lord, would you give me a greater burden to share the good news with people, Lord, that I would know that there are people that are out there who don't know you? Lord, would you help me feel the weight of that and a greater desire to share your good news? All right, let's take this last minute. And let's just take some time. I want you guys to even be praying for the missionaries around the world. Pray for Jit. Pray for Ben. Pray for other missionaries that are some in, in foreign countries, in, in China, in Papua New Guinea, in, in India, in Thailand, and, and everywhere across the world. Lord, we would just ask that you guys would lift up these missionaries, that they would they'd be equipped and that Lord would be with them as they, as they do the work. Father, I, I thank you for the students in this room. Lord, I pray that you would give everyone here, Lord, just a, a greater burden, an understanding of those who don't know Christ will be eternally separated from you, God. And so, Lord, would you give us a desire and a passion for the lost? Lord, that we would share the good news with everyone. Lord, that we would be reminded so much, so daily of the of how you saved us that we cannot but help we can't help but share the good news with everyone we see. God, I pray that even in this room, as there there are many students, Lord, I would ask that you would even raise up missionaries in this room that have a desire to go into the remote parts of the world and share the good news. But Lord, knowing that that isn't just the only need, Lord, that we have need wherever it is that we are. So, Lord, I, I pray that you just raise up faithful men and women out of this room who would be so plugged into their churches, so plugged into their communities, into their school systems, to their sports teams, into just this, their, their own homes, that, God, that you would raise up men and women who share your good news where, even where they are. Lord, it doesn't have to be super far away. They would just be faithful and obedient wherever it is that they are, Lord. And I pray that it wouldn't start in, in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years. But, Lord, that it would start today, even at camp. And it would start the second that they get off the bus when they get home. Lord, I, I lift up the missionaries around the world. God, there are many who are suffering for your name. There are many who who fear for their lives every single day because they, they know that the people 
around the world need to need to hear your good news, Lord, would you protect them? God, would you give them peace? And Lord, would you give them a greater joy than they already have in what they are doing? Would you provide for their every need? God, I love you. Would you help me to love you more? I praise things in your name. Amen. There's so many ways, so many ways that you guys can be helping in the cause of sharing.